I took the children to school on a Monday morning, just like any other morning. I work at their primary school, so I went into work um, just as a normal day. Um, and then I started to get a headache, which I felt was like turning into a migraine. I managed to stay the day and do the children's tea as normal. And then in the early hours of the following day, I started to get sickness and diarrhea. I ran up at my school to tell them I wouldn't be in. And the next day, on the Wednesday, I started to get a stiff neck and photophobia. All my limbs started to ache as well. And I felt like I had the most terrible case of flu. And I remember thinking to myself, well, these are the symptoms of meningitis. But at no point did I think that I had meningitis. I just felt they're safe in their knowledge that this is what happens to other people. My mum was worried. It was then that my mum called the ambulance. So I went into Warwick Hospital and when I got there, the doctor said to me, don't worry, we don't think it's meningitis, but it is, it'll just be viral. We'll keep you in overnight and we'll treat you for it anyway. I have very, very patchy memory of what happened then. I remember they're trying to do a lumbar puncture and I know they couldn't, they couldn't do it. And I remember the night streaming in through the hospital windows. I remember being wheeled somewhere and I remember looking down at my legs and I had all this mottled rash all over my legs and I remember thinking, gosh, that's not good. Then I swam all these doctors around me and, uh, and then I couldn't breathe. And then I was just absolute panic. I was thinking, you know, they don't know that I can't breathe and they need to help me and I was pleading to a nurse who was one side of me, sort of begging her to help me. There was a voice on the other shoulder and he just said, don't worry, you're going to go to sleep now. And they put me in a juice coma. And, um, and I stayed in a juice coma for about three weeks. And during that time, I was transferred to Coventry Hospital to a major trauma centre. My first real memory was when my, uh, my children came to see me for the very first time. And it was actually Lily's birthday. And I remember they coming and they were allowed to brush my hair. And um, I remember desperately trying to stay awake. I couldn't speak because I had a trachea. I couldn't move at all, but support my own head. And I stayed in hospital for four months. During that time, I had the trachea removed and I learned to sit up and walk again. But my skin was badly damaged and the septicemia as well. Well, meningitis has affected me physically, so I've lost my um, all my toes, have partial hand amputation on my left, and I've lost my digits on my right. I had to learn to do everything for myself again. I had to learn to sit up again. I had to learn to walk, very basic things, and then had to you know hold hold things differently, a fork differently. The clothes that I wear is completely is completely different. Button zips are difficult. Cooking in the kitchen, I have to have different um, utensils to help me. Hoovering, it's just very basic things. It's affected me in every way possible. Quite scarred from the psychological trauma that you've been through. It's affected my family in so many different ways. When I first went into hospital, Katie wouldn't go to school for that day because she could see that I was poorly and she was worried about me. And she saw me going into the ambulance and then I didn't come back four months. So that has a lot of effects. And Lily was only eight at the time and she went off to school and said goodbye to me and then came back and I was in there 
And again, she didn't see me for months. And obviously along with my um, along my husband, he obviously saw me and visited me in intensive care every single day. He was told that I had very little chance of survival and to bring the girls in to say goodbye. He felt that I would always pull through. They never did tell the girls that, thankfully. And he never did bring them in to say goodbye to me. So to be told that is very difficult. And my family live with the effects of meningitis every day. There's just so many ways that the that the girls uh, and Paul has to help me now. You know, when we we're cooking with tea, they have to come open tins or open jars, and I put the washing out. You know, they, the girls have to carry the washing bag outside because it's too heavy for me. So so many different things. When I was in hospital in Coventry Hospital, uh, a support worker came out to see me in hospital. He talked to me about meningitis now, the charity. When I first came out of hospital. I didn't know anybody that had meningitis. I felt very alone. And I did also think that somehow it was my fault that um, I must have done something wrong, that, and that's why I contracted it, and because nobody else around me had got it. So it, the fault must have laid with me. Uh, so I carried that around for quite a long time until I looked on the meningitis now website and I read a lot of the personal stories and I saw adults on there that had meningitis and I thought, well, they're the same as me and they, they didn't do anything wrong and that person's the same as me. So it gave me comfort in thinking that maybe I didn't cause this. Maybe it wasn't my fault. Had it not been for meningitis now, having their support network, I think I still would have felt very, very alone. I went to a Rebuilding Futures Day with meningitis now, about a year after I had meningitis. And it was so useful to me because I got to meet with other adults that had meningitis. You can talk about it freely because that's what people talk about. Amongst other people who understand, I met um, a chap actually that had been um, on the same hospital ward that I had in Coventry. And it was just so nice to share similar experiences chat that I was speaking to had had it three years previous so I looked to him and I thought well, that's where that's where I will be I will get there just what I needed <laughs> when I came out of hospital I was very focused on getting better and um, trying to get back to some sort of normality and I pushed um, towards side what had happened to me and just focus on getting better after about two years I started to realise that this was possibly as good as I was going to get. And it was then I started to question what had happened to me, what happened to me in hospital. And a, a, a lot of questions started to bubble to the surface. So I started to have a lot of flashbacks. So I contacted meningitis now and I inquired about counselling. And they were fantastic. It was arranged really quickly, somebody very local. Well, I just wanted to give the message out there that um, although meningitis is a terrible disease, it doesn't mean that it's the end. Since coming out of hospital, I've learned to drive. I drive an automatic car. I've gone back to work, which is fantastic because it gives you a completely different focus. Life has gone back to relatively normal in a completely different way. I live a completely happy life with my two children and a husband. So... It's not, it's not the end. There is always hope out there.